0: hey yo this is mega ran you may know me from such songs as splash woman or infinite lives you are listening to the mega late show right now turn it up
1: Just bend over right there and look through the computer screen
2: huh i'm gonna have to cut out all this perversion <laughs> <You're straight laughs> up. We, we we back we live we live um shit let me go ahead and get into it man um First and foremost, welcome back to the Mega Late Show, Tokyo Hip Hop and Creative Culture Podcast. Pu- pu- pu-
0: pu- pu- Episode number
2: 115. You know the vibes. We've been doing this for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. I got the God Steez back in the studio, man. This is one of the original three.
1: What's up? What's up? I'm real like- happy to see
2: you, man. You enrich my life, Steez. I want to let you know that I love Damn, you for that, man. I appreciate that, bro. It's good. It's good. To, it's good to see you. Um, shit. Actually, you know, before we get into episode 115 with our incredible guests that we've been building with for about 40 minutes on all types of topics already. Um, Since I got Steve's here, I might as well do a little housekeeping, uh, a little celebrating, a little thanking. Uh, We're about to hit a little milestone that I'm proud of with the podcast. Mm. Uh, 40,000 plays, organic plays, you know what I mean? So I'm happy about that, especially because our podcast is super niche. Mm. We are uh, a Tokyo-based podcast that intentionally doesn't do phone calls with hip hop stars. We could get more interviews with, you know, Lil Uzi face or whoever is doing (laughs) shit. People do that all the time. And there's a lot of podcasts that are really dope at doing that. But we are focused on rocking with Tokyo in Tokyo. Mm. And um, I think a lot of people do this. But to be honest with you, I think we do it the best and I think we do it the most. I think we've had the most incredible variety of guests. Um, from staples in the hip-hop community uh, who are just invaluable with their insight and their experiences here, local and foreign. We've had cats like uh, Kenbo, Kojo, the legendary Chris Mosdale of Yellow Magic Orchestra, DJ Quiet Storm, Pigeon Dust, Cram, Hero King. You know, these people have seen the community grow, shift its boundaries, expand and contract, and their insight into hip-hop culture here is invaluable. Mm. Uh, Guys like I mean Chris Mosdale is not a hip hop guy but DJ Quiet Storm has been out here making music Mm. and working with the international community he's a member of the Living Legends shout out to Merce and all them since the early the, the early 90s late 80s he's out here so he has a different experience and it's dope to talk to him but on top of all the local cats, we're also rocking with a lot of famous people that are coming through. Um,
1: true, true. You
2: know, um, Marley Maul, mm. fucking creative sampling. Uh, Ali Shahid Mohammed of A Tribe Called Quest. Sky Adrian Zoo. Young, Sky Zoo, N.D.A. Davenport, G. Amazawa, uh, Mega Ran, Elda Sensei, Rocky Romero, the fucking mm. wrestler, Mark DeClivelo, Jansport J, and DJ Illegal were just here. These are all people who are important in hip-hop culture and to, ha- and to sit across the table from them and get their perspective is something that i'm extremely proud and fortunate to have done so i just want to say thanks to all of the listeners for that we don't advertise we don't pander we don't clout chase we don't compromise on our integrity and we generally rock with this community and we're trying to build and uplift everything that's right and everything that's dope we invite everybody who's doing dope shit out here to reach out and fuck with us because we'll try to fuck with you if we hear about you. So uh, with all that said, man, like I really should have I really should have put out more of the spicy uh, takes to get more of the followers. You know what I mean? We got some real spicy shit from Marley Mall talking about Africa Bambata. Mm. But we, we we didn't put that out so the news places could get a hold of it and have a spicy hot take. But maybe if I did Cloud Chase, we'd have more listens. Mm-mm. But It'll that don't matter. Because imagine just, I mean, imagine 100 people in a room. That's a lot of people listening. Mm. And we've got a little bit more than 100 people that probably listen to this shit. So I just want to say thanks to all them. And thanks to you, Steez. Thank you, so, man. You know what I mean? like not to not to you know big myself up too much but me late you we built this kind of thing and it's become one of my favorite things in the world and i think that it's really i think it's really dope uh out here in in uh in tokyo man so it's needed man. shout out shout out to big everybody time. that rocks with us man straight up and down though um you know we keep it busy new episodes every tuesday every friday uh consistent content follow us on all the things like us or whatever uh, you know the vibes today we got a new cat that uh, steez you know him very well i just met him for the first time today but already mind detect mine i consider this person a part of my community now and you know i mean i'll rock with him 100 unless some information comes out about him being a crazy person <laughs> later <laughs> i then ain't I me too you know what i mean like yeah it's like yeah well, i vouch,
1: this, for, him. I vouch right, for him right right but Lord. but, but Steves
2: you good. you um you know i've reached out to Steve's because i was like yo we should get actors on here and, and Steve's is an actor you know amongst other things he's a modern day renaissance man trying you know trying, what i mean yeah. so um i was like yo why don't you come through and he's like yo i gotta i got folks who, who would be great for the podcast. And he mentioned you, and I didn't ask who it was. I didn't try to vet it. I just knew if Steez was rocking with you, then he was good to go. Yeah. I Do you didn't want to talk other... about who this person is? Should we let him introduce himself? I don't even know how to go about this shit. Man,
1: it's, it's hard to uh, introduce this guy right here. This guy's the man.
2: Well, first off, he big as shit.
1: Big as fuck, <laughs> He man. big as
2: fuck. Like, yo, straight up and down. If he's on <laughs> Japanese television, he's the second... Largest black man on Japanese Besides television. Besides Bob Sapp? Besides Bob ah. Sapp. He's number two. This motherfucker look like I he came in facts. like mid-Hulk transformation. It's not Banner. It's not Hulk, but he like right there when he about to get the traps, like real crazy traps. Dude, you know
1: what I mean? straight up, I was, I was going to tell you, just like, before this, I was like, make sure you don't have it, you know an extra guest or two because we're gonna need enough space in here to, mm. to feel comfortable. and
2: dog. <laughs> but now he big as shit, dog. You look like what you eat, just muscles and shit? Just <laughs> eat animals all day. Man, big straight up
0: carnivore, son. Yeah.
2: <laughs> carnivore diet. The fuck Di- is a
0: vegetable. Diarrhea all Canary day.
2: <laughs> right. No, but hey, um, I actually didn't ask what we should call you. Is it Alexander Hunter? Is that work?
0: Well, I got two personas. Alexander W. Hunter is my acting name. But then when I'm doing some other stuff, um, Lex Caliber. Oh. oh, I didn't know about that. That's you the know, stuff I do with Spade. Marcus. Okay.
1: Oh, shit. I'm not Random show.
0: Me. Lex Caliber. Okay. Yeah. DJL Spade. Mm-hmm. Okay. AKA Swool Supreme. Mmm. Lex Caliber. That sounds
2: like some God Body shit. Sound like some uh, 5%er shit.
0: El Supreme,
1: El Spade, piece of the guys, piece of all the universal
2: families <laughs> of the earth. You know what I mean? Not with it, though. Now, uh, you know, it's crazy, guys, that our name Alex can just change their name in like 15 different ways. Call me Al, call me Alex, call me Xander, call me Alexander, call me Lex. Why y'all got that privilege? Can you, you know, name privilege? privilege is
0: real, <laughs> man. man. Name you know, privilege no doubt, is real. I, you know, I admit, you know, not everybody mm-hmm. has it, but... You know, what? I can't, I can't, I was born this way hey, What man. do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Shit, that's a, I that
2: was a Lex in the making So Lex, <laughs> yes. I don't know what to tell you No, but it's good to have you out here, brother Thank um, you, thank you for having me Now, the way Steve's, he, Steve's didn't really tell me much But what I ascertained uh, is that you are an actor out here You are, yes, sir. You're, uh, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
0: Yeah, Alexander Hunter is my government name Um, I've been in Japan for about eight years Been acting for five And, um Little step by little step, you know, I've, I've gotten to where I'm at. I'm not huge, but I'm bigger than just... Some random person who has a, an occasional spot here and there.
2: Okay. Resist making muscle jokes. I'm not huge, but, <laughs> resist, resist. No, but okay. I mean, you. Right. You, but you're you're uh you're I've I've seen uh on your page you've, you're featured on Japanese television shows yeah, and yeah, things yeah. of that nature. Would mm-hmm. you be in anything that I would have seen? Like I have seen Steez on like 7-Eleven, SoftBank commercials. This motherfucker right. just chilling out in the Naked Director <laughs> on Netflix and shit. You know what I mean? Like, so would you would you have been in anything that I might have seen?
0: Um, do you watch a lot of Japanese TV? Not often I yeah, mean especially I if NHK
2: is listening I don't have any cable I don't have a television in my
1: house NHK so. <laughs> uh, my, my computer all day All yeah, day right. No TVs All day,
0: all day. Yeah um, Well the movie The Aine Kleine, yeah, movie That was a huge
1: okay. thing that he did That we were both a part of Yeah So it was it Aine Kleine? What's it called? Aine again? Kleine
0: Nahato Mujiku In Japanese Oh shit
1: a name! It yeah. has an English title too, which is like "Little Nights, Little Love," something like that. Yeah, I believe. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Is that like a, a drama, a comedy? It's a uh, porn.
0: Nah, I turned down those. Yeah, man. I, I got you good must get about approached I... with that because mm-hmm. I'm,
2: I'm a I'm a, a connoisseur of fine Japanese uh, adult videos, and the brothers <laughs> that they got in those joints, man, they kind of you know what I mean? Uh. kind of decrepit. Oh. No. They, I don't know where they found <laughs> these guests, but you know, I feel like oh, Craigslist. Like, if I, if I go on keto, I might be able to get up in there a little better.
0: Man, it's a <laughs> contractual violation to do um, adult entertainment. Mm, 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 mm. I lose oh. my visa. Oh, yeah. yeah, they sent me back home. Oh. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the the role it's for the best in the movie that I did with Steve is definitely for the best. Yes, yeah. um, I'm a I'm a boxer. I'm a world champion boxer, mm. and so I I'm one of the main characters in the climactic climactic point of the movie the boxing character he's having his little comeback his little rebirth as a japanese boxing star Mm -hmm. and -hmm. i'm the person he has to try to beat okay so there's this big long drawn out match inner it's intercut with different scenes and the tension is building so i'm part of that and that's one of the funnest roles that i've had That's a h-
1: it's a huge get by the way. Like that can take you far. You can speak take that it. to right. Hollywood if you want to yeah, go. Yeah, right.
0: right, right. You know well, I, mean? I
2: love to hear it, man. That sounds incredible. That sounds like a really dope accomplishment.
0: It was super dope. It was um, it wasn't the biggest financial boon that I've had, but it was definitely like the biggest role because I even got speaking lines. Oh, and me. in Japan, it's not. Common that a foreigner gets speaking lines mm, in mm. anything unless they're just acting stupid. Lord. Like, oh, how do you use chapsticks? What are those? You know, just yeah, some, yeah. some stupid <laughs> shit. This is NATO. Oh. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's so sticky. Oh, my God. <laughs> Word. So I actually got to do acting instead um, of just being like the dumb foreigner. Right,
2: typecast for your mm, body type right. or some mm, shit. Right. Exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's oh, one, of really those, dope.
1: one of those things you put at the top of your resume. Exactly. You right, people.
0: very top.
2: This is one of the things that I, I was really excited to have you guys both in here to talk about kind of the the experiences that you have working within you know television and cinema out here in Japan, because I, I really don't know much about it whatsoever so uh yeah let's explore some more of these type of themes um but first how did you when did you decide that you wanted to be an actor did you start like w- was it just like a thing like you fell into or did you have an intention of eventually becoming uh, an actor
0: i didn't actually initially intend to become an actor um when i was in college i played a little bit of college football and at the time i wanted to be a professional college football player so my father was a professional college football player so growing up as a kid you know right. seeing all his you know awards and pictures and video and stuff that was my hero and i was like shit, i want to be like. and so i wanted to be like him so i started you know i played i was a three-sport athlete in high school and then what, i played What sports i did basketball track and field and football hmm. and then i played a couple years of college football before i decided that uh that wasn't the road for me mm. and i'll tell you why i was uh playing basketball with my pops and one day he just took a jumper and i heard his knee go pop Ooh, Ooh. yeah and that was the last jump shot i ever saw him take he's oh, not okay. crippled he still moves around and stuff right. but but that was uh, ACL. nah i don't know what it was he didn't have to have on or nothing but it was just mm. one of those things where he was yeah. like ah shit. yeah mm. and and after that um he still acts, he plays the drums and he boxes and stuff now. So he's still active, but yeah, he's beat up from okay, all the years of football sure, that he yeah. played. And this is back when they made motherfuckers play with concussions and stuff right, like that. Right.
2: Uh, it's a much different uh, kind of uh, general thought on the sport nowadays. There's yeah. more, you know, with CTE and things of that nature. Right, mm. right.
0: So I saw that and I transferred schools, my second year university, and walked on to uh, a 2A. To to division two team, I made the team, but I didn't have a scholarship. So it was either work part time to help pay for my college expenses. So y'all know that that shit ain't cheap. Right. Mm. Or play ball and try to figure out finances later. Sure. So I chose to go with finances and also try to preserve my body because I don't want to be breaking down Mm. when I'm in my my 50s. You know what I mean? So I gave up football then. And then after that, it's kind of like, what are we gonna do? Right.
2: Where are you from?
0: Uh, Washington State.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, um, like, like Tacoma, Seattle, or Olympia. Like Olympia. Okay. Yeah, that's my I've family lives in
0: Olympia. Okay. And I went to school. My the university I transferred to was uh, Be- uh, Western Washington University in Bellingham. Okay. Mm. And my first year of college was in Spokane, Washington, at Whitworth, Whitworth University. Okay. Yeah. So um, after that, I didn't want to become an actor or model. None of that. But it kind of worked out in a fortunate way because I lived in an apartment with three other roommates and they were all in the theater department. Mm. So they always had projects and stuff that they had to do. And since I lived with them, they're like, hey, we need somebody, you wanna join and help us out. Read some lines and shit. Exactly. Sure. So we started messing around and making stuff and it, it was fun. Fun. I didn't know what I was doing and I was still kind of you know reserved and shy, but it was fun to, to, to record something. And then to see the final product, how it comes out after they edit it and all that stuff. Word. So that was kind of like the first spark, Hmm. but I still didn't think that's what I wanted to do. And then I met some friends who had worked in Japan, entertainment and stuff like that. And I had studied for half a year in Tokyo, just a little foreign exchange thing. And so it was twofold. I wanted to try living outside the States, you know, get, a little bit of adventure mm-hmm. and learn a different language and live my life in that different language you know what I mean right so it was like all right I've been to Japan already for half a year so I can speak a little bit I, I can't talk that shit yet but I can speak a little bit so it's like all right if I want to live independently it's got to be somewhere where I could speak the language mm. right so I went back to Japan and then I had to get my initial visa, so I was on a teacher visa, teaching English in schools. And by that point, I was like, I want to try some more entertainment stuff. Because I got friends and, and who work in the industry behind and in front of the camera. And they were you know, talking with them, picking their brains. I was like, well, you know, this seems like it might be right. fun. So eventually, and this is, this is the hard part, is transitioning out of an instructor visa into something else. Okay. So I did double duty. I worked as a teacher while also doing entertainment work, and I got enough work and reputation in the entertainment field that I got a visa sponsor for mm. an entertainment visa.
2: Okay. Free that's Wave. With, with Free, Free
0: Wave is my sponsor now, but they weren't my first sponsor. Who's
2: your first? What is What is Free Wave?
0: Free Wave? is a foreign talent agency, so okay. they specialize in foreign musicians, actors, models. Mm. That's what you fall All that see? kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. That,
1: that's like probably the top. Because they pay a month later, Okay. whereas these other yeah. talent agencies pay two, sometimes four months later. Sometimes oh. not at all. I sometimes a, not at all. Was your
2: experience kind of similar to his? You came here and kind of just fell into certain places and ended up I, wanting to pursue.
1: Yeah, I came. I came here like as a as a teacher at first in Gunma, and I was doing that for a while. And I I started. That's when I I started making YouTube videos. That's how I learned to film through uh, making YouTube videos and learning behind the camera. Because I always. I came here as an actor and a writer at first. I studied that, but I eventually wanted to move to Tokyo. So mm. maybe like three, four years later, I moved to Tokyo. And instead of having to get an artist visa, just by chance, I right. I met my future wife. Hey, And we have a... Shout out to that
2: queen. I love her shout too, Shout out man. to the
1: queen, Shisato. Word. And my two boys. You, so I got the marriage visa and I didn't have to worry about the artist visa. You got we permanent free, yet? man.
2: You got permanent yet?
1: No, nah, I got the three year though.
2: I got five just the other day. What? I was feeling good about that shit. But yo, I had to wait five hours at the immigration office just to pick up the visa. It's really a debacle. But you don't have to, to be, be there for
1: another five years. So. Yeah, you know
2: what I mean. So I got like you know a year for every. Oh, because you went late. Hour. You have to go <laughs> early. Doc, I was there at nine twenty, like in line. And when I does wait. it open? Eight. Nine, they opened the right? doors
0: at like 8.30, 8.45. Oh, word? Is Shinagawa? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like you show there up at like
1: 8.30 right when they open the doors. 9.20 uh. is too late. Yeah? Yeah, you done fucked up. Yeah. I was there.
2: Yo, like all y'all had to do was just take my little stamp and then gave me the damn card. Like <laughs> send it in the mail. Like yeah, they didn't yeah. even need to check. Like, you know, they looked at the ID and saw that it was me. Mm. And it was like, peace? Peace? <laughs> I was like, you guys don't want to discuss anything? Like, should we have. Like, you a made conversation? me wait for five hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I felt like I should get some time us talk of, some shit real quick. Like, man. Hold on. Let me tell y'all about this movie I just saw. And shit. <laughs> it's called Falling Down. This guy fucking turns against the whole system and just starts shooting up people. <laughs> Yo, I can hear a lot of noise coming through the window. Let's close that up, Steve. Would you mind? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to turn on air conditioner? Yeah, air sure. like, I like the vibes of having the window open, but I hear a lot of noise in the background. I didn't notice. Yeah. I'm, I'm anal like
0: that, kind of dumb. Hold on. Man, it's the small things that matter. So if you do
1: catch the the Ein Klein music movie that Alex plays as a boxer, during his boxing match, you can actually see me in the crowd shouting out, Woo Holding oh, it down in the crowd, yeah. holding it down holdin the back. It down. Because you know I mean? originally they they gave me another role. They gave me a better role. Before he before he fights, there's another black actor that the the shout out fight. to Donovan shout out to Donovan Gordon he i was his cornerman and i was like really giving it my all while he was in that fight but they cut that scene so short they cut all my cornerman roles i was so looking forward to seeing that but right. then you can only find me in the crowd it's painful when they make those cuts i know they like to do that
2: so you guys now are both uh participating in this kind of uh, Japanese film and media economy, so to speak. Um, yeah. What is your interest? Is it, is it in just anything that you can act in? It's commercials, television appearances, or movies. Like what? What is a? Do, do you have like a an intention or a goal? Or are you kind of just looking for any type of work you can get?
0: For myself, uh, my goal is to continue to increase the quality of role that I get mm-hmm. because there's it's not hard. To get work over here mm. but it's hard to get quality roles yep, mm. and and things of substance okay so that's my goal i want to get more speaking roles okay M- roles that have me doing something besides like just buying something in a convenience store mm. for one part of one sure seat, you know what i mean so that's my goal and of mm. course you know i want money we all you know we need oh, a little extra oh, cash yep, yep. but um It's fun. I like creating. I'm not too big on like behind the scenes stuff. Like I can edit, I can edit a little bit here and there, but I just like performing Okay. and Mm. seeing how that comes out and then critique it. Like I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I did that well. And then that just keeps helping me improve myself for the next time. And eventually just get to a level where financially I'm comfortable. And Mm -hmm. also I'm very satisfied with, the level I am at work-wise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now,
2: I know, Steve, you do a lot of things within the industry that aren't directly related to acting. You do a lot of sound work and things of that nature. Yeah, Yeah.
0: when
1: I first moved here, my man Can I have
2: you uncuff the uh, okay. microphone like you rapping and shit? I, try to tell, I, tell, I tell rappers all the time, like, yo, it looks cool when you hold the mic like this, and, and you know, but that really is not... Yeah, you kill that shit though. You look hard as fuck. I thought you was about to spit <laughs> hey, a you sixteen. You got bars though. Shit. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Sometimes hit sometimes. that shit right now.
1: Okay, so when I first got here to Tokyo, um, that, shit to rhyme, wa- <laughs> that shit don't even <laughs>
2: rhyme, dog. That shit don't even. rhyme
0: When I first got that- <laughs> to Tokyo, I was hella broke-y-o <laughs> hey. Hella broke-y-o,
1: Now you know, yo. How right.
0: No bro-kyo. lies, nigga. Right, never right, call me. Put that down. I'm
2: gonna have to shut this down. I'm gonna have to shut this down. We go hard. We go hard. No, no, we no, don't no. go hard. We don't go no, hard. Now, this is a very prestigious hip hop podcast, and I don't need <laughs> you guys making okay. a mockery of the art form. No, no, go ahead, though. I'm my bad. I'm, okay.
1: I'm, I'm wild. They call me Lil Feet, by the way. <laughs> Even though I got big feet. You know, it's like a Tiny Tim type <laughs> yeah, of thing, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. A little like, ugly man. Like mang. a fat slim. Lil John. <laughs> yeah. little little John. John. Little from, John from Robin Hood. Of little. York. Okay. So, when I first moved to Tokyo, my goal was to have an acting career. But as. I learned how everything is. I realized that I can't really have a a career out here Mm. for different reasons. So I started uh, dabbling into my my filmmaking and I had some sound equipment and uh, I just started applying for these sound jobs and slowly but surely, I do a lot of sound work now. I have a lot of clients that hit me up um, via Facebook. Shout outs to Facebook. for the japan-based filmmakers page word 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 that word. Uh, helped me you know find my my tracking maybe we
2: shouldn't shout out facebook <laughs> maybe we can just shout out them
1: shout out japan-based japan-based filmmakers page with ha- which happens to be a forum on facebook mm. so that helped me to build my clientele and um now i do more sound work so i keep sound that giggy sound giggy yep hashtag hashtag, for that hashtag. Check on check instagram that shit out. So I do that, but then also like I I still want to have a career as an actor, but I don't like sometimes when Hispanic roles come in, they would consider me because there's sure. no there's never any Pacific Islander roles right. But I, You're I one time
2: I'm ambiguous enough like me too that mm. we can kind of we could be a Mexican we could be like a Pacific Islander yeah. we could also be like the Middle Eastern guy. If we I was the a Middle Eastern guy around, one time. You know I mean? man. Yeah, I had a good
1: gig as a Middle Eastern guy. Yeah. They they dressed me up with everything. You know, I was like the. Uh, they had some financial problems, and then they talked to me via Skype, and I I gave them some money, and they're okay. like, "Oh, thank you so much!" Hey, and, there you, know, you go. I was I was the hero. Mysterious in that, in benefactor. That <laughs> there yes. we go. I feel Exactly.
2: It. A deeper, darker criminal stees. <laughs> all right, go ahead though. I, I, I don't mean to distract from that, but no, 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 yeah. no, no, no not at all. I know you not do a all. lot of things. Are are you primarily, um, Lex? Are you primarily, uh, just acting now? Is is uh you know to to pay the bills or?
0: That's my main source of income. Yeah, the entertainment work.
2: Ballin, dog. That's yo. That's a really dope accomplishment.
0: Yeah, it's very. It felt good. That's huge success to finally transition out of teaching in a school or in Mm. a English conversation studio, and to be able to support myself full time is dope. It doesn't pay like Hollywood, of course. You know, I'm not rolling in it, but. I can't support myself. Huh. Mm.
2: You know, you could also just, like, lift heavy shit for people. Probably be pretty easy for you. You know what <laughs> I mean? what you need a piano on the fifth floor? I'll Just throw it up there and shit. Yeah, you need this fridge income. taken upstairs. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, that'll, that'll cost about
0: 5,000 yen. You do, like, modeling and shit, too? I do more acting than modeling. Okay. I'm generally too big physically to model clothing. Right. Um, very rarely. I do occasionally get modeling gigs, but usually it's just... I've learned to check with my agency when they send me a modeling gig for, like, Uniqlo or something. Oh, mm. you can fit nothing from there. Exactly. Mm. And I, I tell my agent, I say, I can never fit the clothes at these auditions. Right. Can you make sure that they've checked my sizes? Right. Because sometimes the client's... They just look at a picture like, all right, bring that person in. Right. But they don't actually look at your measurements and information.
2: Yeah. There ain't no way you fit into nothing from Uniqlo. Exactly. Because an extra large for me, if I hit if I hit 100 push-ups, an extra large for me is already bulging. and right. now I'm fucking small mm. compared to Gigantor over here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but word. I, I can see, you know, I, I, right. I saw that some of the pictures that you had taken were done by uh, Ryman, by Ryman Gaijin.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
2: He's he's phenomenal. And that's kind of like a low-key thing he does. Like He's never out like, I do all this stuff, but you just see his mm. fingerprints all over yeah. a bunch of different creatives and, right. and people yeah. out in the community. So shout out to Raman Gaijin. He's been on the podcast, too. Peace of the God. Mm. But okay. I, I'm curious a little bit about... Um, some of the adversity or some of the uh, just the experiences that you guys have working within uh, the Japanese community because obviously there's cultural differences and and different approaches like uh, what what are some of the type of experiences you guys have you do a Japanese TV show is it fucking weird like what do you do you just have to like smile and eat the food and say it's fucking delicious like I have no idea about any of that can you speak to some of that both of you Mm -hmm. actually
0: Right. It, it depends on the role, because sometimes they just really want you to be super happy, super smiley, and super energetic while you're eating a bowl of noodles. It's very, it's very Japanese thing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'd say that that's like a good 15% of their entire kind of like broadcasting yeah. of somebody eating food. They keep it safe. They yeah. keep it real yeah. safe. Real the safe. Real. Yeah, they do keep it safe.
1: Quite yeah, safe. Like, um, they, they don't really get to do anything controversial because they don't right. want to make the sponsors mad about anything. Yeah. So it's always the same stuff. The TV just, it just gets like tiresome right. after a while. The only thing good is probably kids shows. Right. Like I think they're really educational and One Piece. My, my, my
2: homegirl actually was working yeah, with no, a, a... And a One producer. Piece
1: is not fucking on right now. It's pissing well, me off. Yeah, Damn, I think... I, I think the you corona you so were passionate about Monkey D. Dude, Monkey D's the man.
0: Steve been on that shit at least for... Two and a half years. And you yeah. I remember we talked about when we were filming the movie. Yeah, yeah, we you did. Just we getting, did talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> what,
2: are, like they got like over <laughs> a thousand episodes and shit, right? No,
1: not yet. Almost okay. nine hundred, some. Okay, you gotta read the comics, You've watched bro. all of them. I know. Yeah. That is a fucking time commitment. It wasn't even that. No, it didn't take I mean, that long. You're
2: talking to a guy that's watched The Wire like five times, though. See, so there you go. Right.
1: It doesn't take yeah. that long. People that are like, "Oh, I don't want to step into it," like motherfucker. Don't try
2: to downplay the shit, though. Each episode, like twenty minutes, and there's exactly. eight minutes years. times a 20 thousand. Minutes. Yeah,
1: yeah. 20, twenty minutes, so like you can you can slam five in a day, no problem if you're doing okay. that every day. Five five is not. You can do it in a extreme. year. You can catch
0: it's, about, up. it's about 200, 200 mm-hmm. days or so, right? All right? Yeah, it's not bad. If you go hard. Hey. Shout Whoa, out to hard, Lex with hard
2: the, the, the the quick maths, <laughs> two hundred two hundred <laughs> IQ Lex over here. here? Like, I was like, I'm, I'm thinking, just gonna agree to that I'm real to quick. Count, <laughs> carry to one.
1: Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. Sounds all right. reasonable. But that's but yeah, good enough. that's right.
2: Japanese media seems to be very uh, much more controlled and, and mm. less uh, yeah. controversial yeah. than Western media. You know, yeah. it's, there's no South Parks. My homegirls actually works on a, a, at a production company here, and they put out an, an episode about um, uh, Botham James. Is that his name? Uh, the Botham Jean the The black guy who uh, the police officer broke into his house. She thought it was her house. Killed him. Amber Geiger.
0: That woman.
2: Yeah, and they mm. they did a whole episode about it. I guess they do like a single episodes focus on like a something that happened. You know, like a usually a real true crime or a, a situation. Was that a Saigen?
1: Is it, you talking about Japanese TV? It was a Japanese television. So it was it a reenactment?
2: Well, no. They uh, it was like a a reenactment. Uh, they had reenactment scenes where mm. they got like. You know they cast like a, a Jamaican guy to play the American black guy and shit. Clearly, but mm. but it was also you know with clips of the event, news and uh, informational. So uh, that was a
1: psych. Huh? Mm. Is that what they call that? Yeah. yeah reenactment. They're like okay. the the lowest paid acting jobs, but okay. there's a lot of them because they always reenact like sure. American American stories. I, I saw right. a
2: part of it, and not to hate on this brother, but that shit was not. The vibe. <laughs> like I, I was They're thinking, usually like, not very high quality. <laughs> I was like, quality. "Yeah, who's this guy?" Yeah. Like, Steez could have played
1: him. No, and they, Steez ain't even black. They dish, <laughs> they dish those scenes out real fast. Mm. Like I've been on a few side gigs. Okay. Sometimes side like they only need you for one scene, so you get mm. paid like uh, hundred fifty. You know, each, you know, 100 sometimes sure. 120 is about the basic rate. Yeah. If you do it for like an hour, then, you know, that's okay. easy money. But sometimes they're sure. there all fucking day
2: for that little bit of money. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And then they wait, you know, like you're only there for a little bit, but you have to wait for so long because of the call mm. time. That's one thing I don't like when they send you a call time at 10 a.m. and you wait there for seven hours sometimes. And some of these actors like they're not really, you know, of the cloth where you work on shit. Mm. They just talk shit. Mm. So I'm trying to, like, get away from all that and, like, work on, write on something or Mm. something on my computer. Got to make use of the time. Yeah, you have to. You have to. But it pisses me off because I have a family and, you know, I need to, I want to be there for them instead of just waiting around for nothing. Also,
2: it's just bullshit to be so inefficient with Yeah, the organization, they need to fix on
0: that. I got some complaints about inefficiency. Throw it down. Hit that shit. Man. Um, now, this is me not knowing how things are done back in Hollywood. Okay, but this is just my perception. There are far too many times where they don't make a decision about mm. who they're calling to an audition until the night before the audition. Oh. So you're you're holding your schedule open mm. and they can't even figure out who they want to call to audition until sometimes like nine, ten o'clock at night you'll get the email like mm. they called you or they didn't call you. Or if they're making a decision about who, who gets the role. Okay. They will wait until a day before the shoot date mm. to decide who they want. Yeah. And, and and then at that time, they might not have the location decided. Mm. So you'd be like, you got the job. We're waiting on further details. It's already 5 p.m. the day before. And you don't know how to organize your next day. Right. You know what I mean? Like, am I getting up early? Do I need to go to bed early? Or is it an afternoon gig? Mm-hmm. And and it's just that kind of inefficiency drives me up a fucking wall sometimes. Does
2: that type of action happen to like the more prominent, larger stars too, you think? Or is it just because you guys are kind of lower on the totem pole?
1: Yeah, they, they definitely give more priority to the stars. Where for sure. They, they give them, you know, sometimes they'll back out and then mm. the fate of the production is based on the stars. Like their schedule might be all over the place. Of course, if you have star value, yeah. they want you for the film because you know you slap someone's name on it then more people are gonna watch that's just like with anything with independent film too what do you
2: guys think about the people that you're working with like the japanese folks are they generally open to having foreigners taking you know what could be japanese roles or just having foreign people on set with them have you met any assholes or just is it a great experience
0: well i think (coughs) it depends on the individual so for myself, I'm I can speak Japanese, so there's you know they can't talk behind my back in front of me, because I'm gonna know what they're saying. Right. I'm all also all you gotta do is
2: just hit them with that little bit of tricep flex. Real right. Quick right. Like, what what ah, you say, son? <laughs> yeah. Hit yeah. With that horseshoe.
0: <laughs> and so there's that, and also you know I'm I'm pretty big, right. so they're gonna be a lot less apt to talk out of pocket to me. Word. But I know other people. Who have had some things said to them i got a friend who's half black half japanese he's an assistant director so oh, you're talking about um i don't know if, if you want to be dropping names okay that's sure good. i don't, don't want to blow up his get, spot
1: let's keep him but, off whatever. i was there when we talked about the, the
0: yeah and he does he's he's the ad so he, he's working with japanese directors and producers all the time and there's a couple real racist directors according to him big time they were they were saying nigga like yeah directed at him or about him and he just overheard it and he he's not a he's not a chump like he he speaks up and but you know he's also he doesn't want to get black blackballed in the industry right, right but he 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 does stand up for himself in those yeah. situations but
2: sometimes you got to take those hits differently though they, right you got right, to
0: know punch. how to move you got to roll with the punch the director yeah. even
1: told him to go back to his country like straight up right when he was saying goodbye like you know As Japanese, you respectfully say goodbye, and he just said, "Go back to your country," in Japanese. And he's half Japanese. And he's half Japanese. Think about that. Right, right.
0: So there is um, definitely racism in the industry. I got another friend. I got a a white friend who works a lot in the industry. He's he's on screen. He doesn't work behind the behind the scenes in um, his work capacity, but he does produce and direct in other capacities. He does a lot of. independent work as well, but he was on set and a producer straight up asked him, so-and-so, do you think black people should really be on Japanese TV to his face? Yeah. Wow. And he, and, and so there are Japanese people who, for whatever reason, they don't think, I don't know if it's just black people, but she specifically asked about black people. And this is a high up executive position right yeah but for me i haven't gotten much of that and i don't know if it goes on behind my back mm. they just don't do it in front of me um and also like yourself i'm not super dark skinned and there's definitely levels levels yeah, like right, the darker right. you are you know the the more apt they'll have a strongly bigoted opinion right, towards you right so i think i might have a little bit of lighter skin leeway right so to speak uh,
2: yeah i mean yeah uh, there there's a there's just a variety of things that are both working in your favor and working against you and your exactly. peers at different times and uh you know it's such a homogenous and insular country that you would even with the most well-intentioned people may uh and you know good-hearted people may cross boundaries and step yeah. on your toes or unintentionally disrespect you in ways they that they're just not even mm. sure about mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's rough man um you know, I think I think as foreigners, we all kind of experience it to, uh, you know, different degrees. Uh, some of us more than others. You know, I got I got, I got like uh, little homies like darker skin casts with dreads that go to Waseda University. They're getting stopped by the police every week and they mm-hmm. take that information to the dean and the dean's just like, at least you're not getting shot in America as if that is like some better compensation you know like like what do you want to it's like celebrating for getting a discount on something that everybody gets for free right I mean? right 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 so, so yeah it's, that's that's that bullshit but I, I don't really uh feel that we need to to kind of focus on that too much uh, for for our conversation because yeah, i yeah. think i think i think uh you know there that conversation is super important but uh, it also can just take away from the glow and kind of the fun of the experience that you guys are having, right? Right? And right. we have, like, we were doing before we started recording, we, we can have those builds off air. And if people are interested in hearing more about what Lex is doing, I just decided to call you Lex. I just fair enough, it. I'll take it. If, if people are interested in, in hearing about more about what Lex does, there's a variety of different things you do too. You do the um. Uh, random show random with show guy and, and you guys actually discuss these type of things. You discuss like the NHK video yeah. that just recently dropped. And, and so right. I think that's a, that's a really good place to start if you want to hear more of Lex's perspective on things too. Mm. Word.
0: Right. We put all those up on IG. Yeah. My okay. Instagram handle Sage of Stone. And that's where we put like all the... All the random shows up. Mm-hmm, so right. anybody want to check those out? Yeah. yeah, man,
2: I haven't had an opportunity to really sit down and rock with them yet, but I'll definitely be tuning in and subscribing. We just For became sure. friends on uh, Facebook the other day, and I I jump onto Facebook like maybe once a day to check the timeline to see if all my people are doing good. Right. And then, you know, my messages. So I'll, I'll tune into that more, man how's uh what other type of endeavors do you have going on here besides that is there right any other stuff like tell me a little bit about that show and and other things that you do
0: yeah so the random show spelling is r-a-n hyphen d-u-m-b show random show because we literally sometimes we talk about stupid shit we just talk about whatever comes to mind right yeah um another thing i'm doing which is is Picking up speed it's been picking up speed for the past couple years is I'm a part of this group called Tokyo Cowboys and it's mm. an independent filmmaking group and we have both non-Japanese and Japanese mm. people um actors behind the scenes people so it's this nice team and we just released this Amazon Prime series called Benza English okay And to backtrack, that is a spinoff of the series The Benza, which was a spinoff of a short film called The Benza. So The Benza is a story about these two friends, Chris and Kyle, and Benza in Japanese means toilet seat. So basically, they have a broken toilet seat in their apartment. They have to figure out how to get a new one in Japan. It sounds simple. It's a very simple premise, but it just turns into this big, crazy, stupid, but not how do i it's 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 goofy it's goofy comedy and it's also a parody of japanese media because you know how they like their slapstick kind of comedy
2: so it's like a satirical take on yes the seriousness kind of like a meta take on it right exactly
0: and one of the biggest points is we're all speaking japanese we're all acting in japanese because as foreign actors here the production people don't often expect us to be able to speak Japanese Mm. so we're we're showing that we can act in Japanese and we can be entertaining in Japanese okay and that's a big thing that is not recognized over here oh that's dope yeah so the short film it won a bunch of awards in film festivals internationally so then they're like all right we got the spin-off series the Benza and that is on Amazon Prime as well.
2: Wow, man. That's really dope. Congratulations. That Thank you. Thank Ill, you. Right? Right, yeah. C's. That sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. kind yeah, of exactly. like an amazing accomplishment. It's, it's pretty dope, yeah.
0: man. It's super cool. Oh, and
2: Proud to be you. That's fucking dope.
0: I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it because I wasn't initially a member of Tokyo Cowboys, but I knew Chris McCombs. He's kind of the leader of the group, and he plays Chris in the series. And he called me and he said, I have a role for you. Character's name is David. He speaks very feudal samurai style Japanese. Oh. Tight. So you know we gotta get all rough like this. Yeah, yeah, like so, a sour film or such Exactly. So they brought me in. I had a few lines and it went over well. It went over really well. So then in Benza English, they're expanding my role. Nice. So it was it was an honor to be invited and welcomed into the team. I'm part of that project. And so the Benza English is a spin-off of the Benza series because the Benza series um we kind of want to take a break and do something different. Okay. And I don't know if you've seen the English education shows on TV in some, Japan. Some, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of trash. Yeah. So we parody that, but also we teach English, but we also we teach stuff that you're not going to learn in the textbooks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like my character David, he's In in, when he speaks Japanese, he's super stoic samurai, but in English, he's you know super sexy. He's got the silk bathrobe on, Mm. and he's just like, Hello, I didn't think you were going to come. Hey, you know the vibe, yeah. So, I teach pickup lines or insults and stuff Ah, like that because we got segments. Mm. That's funny, yeah. So, it's a spoof on Japanese English educational TV shows, but also. There's was a flowing story, and everybody, you know, was doing their thing acting wise. So oh, that's kind of
2: brilliant. That's kind of really brilliant. It was actually. a great that's idea, a great approach. Yeah, yeah. Stees was doing the. Uh, you you had that other project that you did. I don't know if it's cool to say the name.
1: Which one? Tasty English. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You drop that.
2: Uh, well, I mean, that was really interesting approach to
1: things to, to teaching English as well too. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. Um, you know, that's what got me into filmmaking in the first place when I was in Gunma. And, um, yeah, we just did some – it's on It's on YouTube still, but uh, we don't really – we discontinued it right. because the organization – Yeah, I haven't like seen people. you guys do
2: that in quite a long time. But, mm. yeah, really, I was just trying to relay that there's some people out here who are doing really interesting uh, approaches to teaching English. And I think that it's refreshing because the education system out here, uh, especially – uh, for teaching English as a foreign language is just a little bit absurd and, and more based upon being able to uh, answer multiple choice questions yeah. than it is an actually yeah, there's, there's useful, no speaking, colloquial like these English. These kids right, can't right. speak right. at
1: all because they're just so scared to make yeah. a mistake. Yeah. Like They need to push the fact that you... They need to push the fact that you should try and make a mistake because they don't. Right. When I was teaching English, I would always tell these kids, just fucking make a mistake because that's the only way you're gonna learn. Sure. sure. Exactly. But they're all scared. They're scared to make a mistake, and it's just like, yeah. you're not gonna
2: learn. It's an interesting thing about Japanese culture that is not just related to English, but to their entire approach mm. uh, in education. So, word, yeah. man, kill that shit though. That sounds that sounds lovely. I'm. I'm Thank you, man. That's going real well.
1: And if uh, there's a new role coming up, you know, you can hit your boy Steez. Hey, man, I'll see yeah. what get I can do. <laughs>
2: if they need, like, a ethnically ambiguous, right, uh, negro type of individual, yeah. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I can get on there. I can play that. I could be stereotyped uh, typecast as the, the terrorist. <laughs> I could also be the, the surfing instructor. Right, I mean? right, it's, right. It's like I got a lot of I got I got a lot of middle names, you know what I mean? Hey, you man, should definitely. try, Mega. you should try to nah. do some acting. I actually I actually feel a little bit uncomfortable when I put my face on things for some reason. Mm. Uh, you got warrants? Well, not I, I. got bench warrants, but I mean they ain't gonna come out here to give me a shit. I got bench warrants, just a little misdemeanor type of shit. You know what I mean? Fuck
0: Texas. It's it's like Ghostface right? used. To, <laughs> didn't Ghostface you know Killer you know mean? used to hide his face in the music videos yeah, or whatever? You know what I mean? And I got <laughs> warrants.
2: I don't know what warrants it is. Back. Like for a long time when I was younger, I used to use the excuse like, oh yeah, I don't take photographs. Like uh, you oh, know, my dad's like that Hollywood. American type of shit. He's mm. trying to steal your soul. And it was all bullshit. But I just found <laughs> that at an early age, I didn't really like to have my face on hmm. shit like hmm. that and that's one of the reasons hmm. i can't be on instagram like yo what up is God, man i just wanted to say what's up and thank you all it's strange to me especially it's it's become something so common uh in in just in human interaction nowadays yeah, right i yeah. I'm, I'm so far outside of it that i just i don't i, I feel like some things are just not okay for
0: that mm. for yeah. Yeah. Like at a certain point it gets yeah. real weird when people yeah, are documenting yeah. their whole day on their stories oh, yeah. It's, yeah. A little, it's a little too much for me yeah
2: word uh before we take a break man i did want to discuss a specific topic with you guys since you guys are into film and i thought it might be apt and also because uh you know you're a black man and uh w- one of the things like uh my homegirl Shalise made a post on uh, facebook the other day and she was saying name your top five black films and I was looking, you know, immediately I was like, oh shit, you know, like I got a few, I, I could name it off off rip. But then when I was thinking about it and looking at people's lists, there's a variety of films there. And I started thinking, what exactly is it that constitutes a black film? Is it a film that has a black director? Is it a film that is a black story about a, a black experience? Is it a film that just has a black person starring in it that's not really related to their blackness mm-hmm. you know could it could it be a could it be a film with a white director about a black story like mm. what constitutes a black film and of course i don't think that there is a correct answer on mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. but i think it, it it might be interesting for us to kind of discuss what we think a black film is and i'm curious where you guys stand on that right position.
0: Right, right you know
2: right. I, I looking looking at it like a. Uh, my, my a few of my favorite films that have come out over the last few years that are black stories. You know, you got like Moonlight, which is not a hood film, but it is very much a. Is it a black story? It's a story about a, a black, black person, right? That's having this experience as a black person being gay. So it's also like an intersectional story about their their, you know, their sexual identity mm-hmm. and how it is to be black and his experience growing up. So yeah, black film, right? But I I was just. This film, um, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, have you seen that? No, uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's one of my favorite films over the last few years. And to me, it very much is a black story. The two, uh, it, it follows black, uh, uh, a black person um, and his experience and his relationship with another black person, is, is friends in San Francisco, it, it you know, which is a big black community out there. Mm. But the director's a white guy. And I started thinking, Still like, a black film though, y- you know, because he could be sure. like,
1: you know, listening to the writers and the producers. They might be black, and right, he just tells a story from.
2: But the the theme is the theme is not so much centered on his blackness as it is centered on like uh, vulnerability, uh, friendship gentrification of the city uh mythologizing your past and so like yeah very I'm i'm not trying to make an argument against it being a black film but it's stratified into this position as black film while the screenwriter and the story is not from uh the screenwriter and the director is not a black person they're both
1: white uh, I believe person?
2: I believe they're both white. I think mm. I think so. I'm I'm not positive. I know the director's name is like Joe Talbot, which mm. is great. It's a great film, one of my favorites. So I mean, that's we that's just have to learn film.
1: his backstory and see, you know, wh- what he has gone but, through and, but you know, him being educated and what it means, to, him being educated and what it means to be black and and whatnot.
2: Sure, but like coming to America, that's a white director. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like mm. Eddie mm. Murphy put his sprinkles all over and shit, but is it a black, f- like what makes,
0: that I'm just, that's a good I'm not question. trying to He's argue subjective. against either point. I'm right, just trying right. to
2: see where we stand and like how we, how we as individuals make these determinations.
0: Right. And mm. then you got like Tarantino, just, just, Django. Django, Django. I mean, I so yeah, that's for all me. intents and purposes, it's a black movie, yeah. but well, let me say, I don't think I'm, you know, on the surface, but then you got Tarantino as, as the white director. So it's, that's a, that's a difficult it's, it's right. a very opinion question right like i would consider Django a black movie because of the story that it tells the people mm. that are in it mm. and and all of that um but i'm sure there are people who are going to say it wasn't a black director it wasn't spike lee right you know it wasn't uh it wasn't a Medea flick you know what i'm right, saying like right. so they might not consider it a black movie
2: right there's quite a few like that like we Denzel has been in a lot of films that are mm. not about his blackness whatsoever. Mm. You know, he's out there, you know, taking care of kids, killing people, doing all types of shit. Mm. You know what I mean? In these films. Is it because he's a, a singular black person and the head protagonist, does it make it a black film? Does it have to be about black themes and things that that affect black people?
0: Mm, that's right. not a black film. That's just a man doing his thing. Yeah. I think he definitely brings in a, a lot of black audience yeah. to his right, films. Right, right. But yeah, I wouldn't say they are a quote-unquote black film. right? Like Training Day, a lot of people went to see it because it was Denzel, right. but that's definitely not a black, black movie. Black film, right yeah.
2: right. yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting distinction to make, man. I found myself questioning. Like, one of my favorite films that I think that is really poignant and, and discusses a, a lot about the black condition in America is Be Kind, Rewind. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's I've heard of it, deaf, I haven't Jack seen it. Black. Uh, Danny haven't Glover. Seen it yet. Oh, this is this I is I have it in an archives, fucking, but I have not seen it. Oh, it's yet, fucking brilliant. And the, the themes about it are are centrally uh they 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 it, it, it pinpoints a certain aspect of the black experience in America and highlights it in a way also a meta narrative in it. It it's a beautiful and, and thought provoking film and it takes place in a black community but you know, Jack Black is in there right in the forefront as maybe he's the headlining actor of, it. you know, mm-hmm. it's him and most deaf and he's, he's the A side of that card, you know? So I don't know a white director. So I, I, I found myself thinking about it because it's such a weird thing that we do just to be like, all right, black film, not black film. And I noticed we do that with even characters uh, on anime and shit who aren't black. Like mm. to me, Piccolo's Piccolo. black dog like you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like to me Piccolo's black to me Big like time. you know like some, connected with that man right Straight you out. know I mean? like it's like we don't have any like who we gonna go to Mr. fucking Popo it's like it's either uh, it's like if, no. you notice, if, you notice, if you notice if you notice we tend to go towards guys like Vegeta and you know the dudes right. that don't look like Vegeta's you know black. what I mean
1: even though I, it I don't know like it. I
2: don't know about Vegeta they always I, put
1: him second I Made, you know to what to mean? Like, you know, I mean?
2: You know that's a whole conversation, but but I do know that it's like Piccolo's an alien. That motherfucker it just there ain't no. He's the black one. Yeah. To me, is that how I just felt about right, it? Right. You know right. 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 And and like we can make these distinctions and shit, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's just interesting. So I,
1: I do like think. films where you know uh, black entertainers or artists. They they have enough leeway to not have to do a black film. They, yes, sir. they have that that creative Licitating, choice right. to make anything. You know, right. it doesn't always have to be niche in a certain way. As a great artist, you can make whatever you want, right. and when they pull it off, you know, significantly, I, I love I love that stuff. Well, but of course, if they want to talk about the culture, I always you know appreciate that sure. as well.
0: Yeah, it,
2: you know, there's 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 uh, there was there's roles where the the essence of the character has nothing to do with the race of a character Mm. right now superman for example the essence of that character nothing speaks to real whiteness per se uh same thing well but black panther is different you know i mean blackness is a central characteristic Mm. of Mm. his of his identity but with superman he's a fucking alien like right. Superman, he's been white. He grew up in, you know, fucking uh Cornfields. Farms, yeah, cornfields yeah. Is just, so <laughs> Shit. so it, it can be tied to whiteness. And same thing with black uh you know, Batman. Uh, you know, he comes from... But Batman's
1: from, from white privilege. Though. Right, exactly.
2: Exactly. You know, so so like, that's like a component of it. But it's also fucking DC Universe. Who knows if slavery had the same type of centrality right, right. in the way that they that, that happened. If you look at Batman Begins, there's a scene in Batman Begins, you know, the Christopher Nolan one, right? The mm. fir- the origin story, where where uh, uh, Alfred and Bruce are finding the Batcave. And Alfred's like, you know your great grandfather was part of the Underground Railroad, and he brought up bitches all through. The ch- you know what I mean? Like he's talking about like that. What they did <laughs> is that they, they if they can take Batman and put him in a in a role, you mm. know, along with fucking Harriet Tubman and his the the Wayne family doing that, then mm. why can't they just change the DC universe enough to make it a black role? Because it's not so central to him being white. And I mean, and and it it, it this conversation. It it reminds me of other conversations I've had with myself, like exactly like what do we need for diversity? Mm. Like we need other stories to be told, like non-white stories. Mm. They've been the dominant, you know, uh, hegemony in in Hollywood. But if you have a black person directing a white movie, that's that's a pretty decent degree of diversity. You know what I mean? Like His voice is going to inform different elements of it and and it will prevent certain mishaps in uh displaying aspects of black living like if, if there was a black director then the NHK shit just doesn't happen like that if there's a no. no black person in the room it doesn't happen like that it doesn't have to be a black story it doesn't have to be you know that but if you have a, a, a more diverse group of people around creating these stories then they take different shapes hmm. and so very I don't know true man. Uh, I forget where I was going with that because we're having all the cutouts and shit but you know let let's um do you guys have anything else to add about like diversity and representation of filming and things of that nature
0: in japan or just in the general States. maybe i
2: don't know we're kind of going off on a tangent here about yeah. black film and blackness in represented through right, media right
0: right right um if we're talking about japan japan is a little bit behind in terms of a very bit de-stereotyping yeah. the various races right. like they'll often cast a black person to be a thug or a rapper, something like that. Like those kind of roles are prevalent. Right. Um, America is further ahead. It's not where it should be. You know what I mean? But it's a lot further ahead in terms of you will see black people doing well outside of a black movie. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, So... In terms of the states, I really think you had a great point with saying that the if there's a black director not directing a black movie, I think that's huge. Or, you know, not just black, but just diversity, right? Because right. right? we all know the higher-ups in Hollywood, most of them... Are white people with deep pockets?
2: Right. It looked just like the government and shit. The majority just of the like, just like the, the government. The yep. majority of the motherfuckers, like the like, like the Democratic Party, got all types of different colors and races and genders mm. and and, mm. and everything mixed in. But the motherfucker at the top still looked just like Nancy Pelosi and shit. Yeah, yeah you know I mean, they look like yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and you hear, I mean, he, Biden is the <laughs> like the, the candidate of the diverse <laughs> party. This is a seventy year old white, white man, man, former former. I'm doing quotes. Segregationist. So yeah, but yeah, word.
0: Mm. But um, and you'll hear stories from black actors who have pretty high status, you know, talking about even stuff that happened in the the '90s or or in the 2000s, mm. like they don't want to have two black stars in a movie. Yeah, and and yeah. I forget who it who was talking. Um, it was a famous black person. I heard him recently saying that they overheard a conversation. No, no, it was Neil Brennan. He's okay. a white guy Neil Brennan, yeah. who co-wrote Chappelle's Chappelle Show, was Shaw. talking about. Mm. Um, how he overheard these executives talking, and they were talking about they had one black star. They're talking about bringing another one, and the executive straight up said, "I'm not going double fudge." Wow. So there's a lot of that still. That's like
2: one of the better ways to say like we can't have two niggas,
1: right? And
0: Chris Rock, (laughs) was it Chris Rock that's been saying that for all these years? Well yeah. Like they only let one one nigga be famous at one time, you know?
2: Right. There can only be one, like right now. There can be three.
0: Yeah, right. it's progress, but right, it's right. still mm. it's still not. We got But good. there's never
1: been like Will Smith and Denzel Washington in a film, right? Has there been Spike <sighs> Lee Fair. directing Eddie Murphy? I'm,
2: I'm sure we can find examples, but they're outliers. You right, know I mean? right, they're because
0: outliers. I think it, a, then it would be like, like oh, it's, this movie's it's too black. Right, we can't have Eddie Murphy and samuel L. jackson the right. same movie right mm. yeah it's going to turn off the wide audience right I, I, there's I like still your a wide lot executive
2: that. voice like <laughs> yeah line. come over here and sit <laughs> on harvey's lap <laughs> <laughs> you know let what i me mean just let me just take out this hypodermic needle it's real quick like, yeah. Uh... yeah that's real creepy i think with <laughs> i think with the outcry
1: more and more outcry that that resistance is helping to to make yeah. the change further. Yeah, and, we're also seeing that
2: Hollywood's learning that uh, they're, they're learning a lot of weird things, right? They're learning that audience are interested in seeing these type of films, but they're also learning that they have to do certain things to please the Chinese mm. audience as well. Mm. So we're having different forms of kind of editing and shit. Mm. Yeah. It's like, yo, they took our boy John Boyega off of the fucking Star Wars posters in China. In
0: China, yeah. Like,
2: how progressive are you, Disney, Marvel? It's
0: fucking. Mm. Know uh, know I mean, so for sales, for sales. And, and, and it really shows you where their morality meter is at that's because the, they could say all this good shit like yeah we got a black lead yeah. and and we got he's he he has a romantic thing with one of the asian characters right. mm-hmm. it sounds real progressive but when money's on the line how are you going to act exactly mm-hmm. you're going to take off a black lead from a poster in china that really shows that you about the bottom line mm-hmm. and your morality really ain't shit
2: mm-hmm. right i mean that's the yeah. whole thing about like these uh Late, late stage capitalism, like neoliberal politics, we gotta be careful to make sure that like uh, blackwashing doesn't save the investor class. It's like. Facebook is not a liberal corporation. YouTube is not a liberal corporation that's preventing only right-wing speakers from having a voice. Like, these are capitalist corporations. And the bottom line is that they'll do whatever they think that they can do in order to extract that largest dollar. Mm. Even if it comes with placating the uh, colored folks who are crying about whatever statues and shit. They do that shit a lot, man. Like, Amazon... Is going to donate this much to Black Lives Matter, but they will never let that conversation about class happen because that's when people start to unionize. You know what I mean? They're not really interested in helping out uh, the minorities or any mm. specific group as they are in extracting that dollar. Mm. Right. Before I go into a political rant, let's ah. end this. Let's end this episode by listing off uh, three or four of our favorite
1: black films. Okay. Black films I would say Black I got a couple of recent ones Okay uh, One of them I watched A few months ago Called Queen and Slim Okay Have you guys seen that one? No I haven't I not. haven't
2: seen it But I heard about it
1: Really good Written by a black woman mm. In Lena Waithe And directed Shadow by Tower. Another black woman Well half black Half mm. Greek Melina Matskis, I believe. Okay. So this is definitely a, a black ah, film. I've
2: never heard of the black Greek combination before. Yes. We've got oh, the black and rare. We've got the yeah. we've got the Negroes and shit mm-hmm. like that, but I've never heard of the black Greek. What do yeah. we call that? Uh,
0: bleak. I was about to say don't <laughs> say bleak. <laughs> that sounds
2: a bad right. brand. <laughs> uh
1: that's hard. We, we gotta think about that before we uh, start uh, rifling <laughs> off some more. <laughs> of <these. laughs> okay, okay. Let's just leave <laughs> it at that. Let's leave it at that. Go ahead. But no, it's a great film. Like it I really like slow burner films that, okay. that hold your attention with the music, which is great, mm-hmm. and also beautiful cinematography. Mm. And it ta- you know, also, it's a really um, recent topic in police brutality and uh, the consequences you make that when you get put in a corner, you have to make these certain consequences. Right. Right. And it has fucking Bokeem Woodbine in the film as well. That's my dog.
2: He is Bokeem is that guy? Yeah. What was that old movie he was in? Uh, fucking, uh, he said the main role. It was like Locked Up or... I forget what it was, but he, he Bokeem is is great. He's yeah. can't get right in life. Hmm. He's can't get right. So shout out to Bokeem. <laughs> also, that name is just ill. Yeah, It's up there. <laughs> it Bukim goes hard. Woodbine. It's up there with like Wood Harris. You know, it's like one of those names. Right. Grim
0: Joe. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <Delroy>. Moses Malone. <laughs> Moses <laughs> right? Malone. Right. Straight up. Le
2: Carpatron Duke Mary. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? It's up there. It's up there. Delroy Lindo is also an ill-ass fucking oh, name. That is a no name. Delroy. Oh, shout out to the guy. That goes hard. Word. All right. One more film scene.
1: Uh, it's a... Well, this one, for the story and for the film itself, I would say it's a great black film. Um, what's it called again? It was named after a white supremacist film. Birth of a Nation. Oh, okay. Have you seen that one?
0: I've seen neither of them. Yeah. Okay,
1: but the... So the second one, you, you, you did not see it for reasons? No, and no, just I just missed that. I just, yeah, I just missed me. Okay, well, the first one I'm not going to see because that's that's bullsharp. For reasons. For, for, for mad reasons. Yeah. But I the know. second I one was, that a great, was a great period piece on Slave Revolt, and I thought it was well done by um, Nate Parker who wrote, directed, and acted in it, which is my shit. So What I, else
2: did Nate Parker do? Uh, okay, you don't have to get into it. It's cool. No, well i just don't i mean I, I i recognize the name but i can't remember what see,
1: else. see he does he well he he was in he had some litigation issues that happened in the 90s and after he made this film which which took a hard you know i know what you're talking about yeah. that's
2: how i know the story there was a lot of controversy around yeah it.
1: but it brought back because he, he was finally right. getting some traction in right. this film and just to bring his career down i feel sure, like sure. which is why they brought brought back these these things that he was proven sure. innocent do, do your googles
2: on that folks that one was kind of uh convoluted yeah straight check your googles before. check yeah. your googles or bing whatever you do fucking weirdos <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh all right all right i appreciate it, Steve. that's another that's a fire fire options right there yeah, that, that's right. that's a that's a good take what about you lex
0: man one of my favorites uh malcolm x Mm. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, All yeah. Time. Um, I think Malcolm X doesn't get enough. He doesn't get his 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 snaps like he should. Sure. Like he, I think uh, uh, Malcolm, uh, not Malcolm, but uh, Martin. He's the the one that the white people chose. Right, right. So mm. that's the the mm. moniker of what it is to be a. He's got more activist-friendly
2: kind of uh, inclusive quotes, mm. but he he yeah. wasn't as uh, he's a fucking socialist for one. Yeah, and he wasn't what what as I mean? he wasn't
0: as like. Oh, he was very much as as he's been painted. Right. Yeah. Over over right. history, well, they mm-hmm. like to yeah. they
2: like to uh, you know naturalize their own history and mythology. Soften the edges shit, right? a bit. but mm-hmm. no, he was a he was a real ca- yeah, he's a real cat, and he spoke uh, you know fervently against this neoliberalism that's kind of pervasive since you know Reagan. He was against that shit mm. in nineteen sixty So mm-hmm. word, like, but but Malcolm and like A. Philip Randolph, those are cats that we should be talking about more. Mm. So M- Malcolm is the one if 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 I want somebody to understand kind of the black experience in America, um, I wouldn't say that Malcolm is the best film for that, but I think it's a poignant one and one that they could look at and see exactly right, the conditions right, right. and where some of the, uh, anger comes mm. from and why it's there. You mm. know? So yeah, but word, Malcolm all day.
0: Yes. All day. Yes. All day. Um, another one it's, I'm kind of torn on it because Amistad mm. like made me feel a lot of shit when I was a kid. Um, but it's also kind of that old trope of like you got the white hero who's
2: the white savior, narrative.
0: exactly, exactly. So yeah. I I got issues with that. But the way that they showed the African slave treatment and that whole "give us us yeah. free" like right. that shit hit me. Yeah,
2: I had the same experience with another film, uh, fucking Glory. Man, and Glory yeah. fucked me up. I was like, damn, like. I was real young when I watched it too. I yeah. was like maybe like seven or some shit, and it was just like when they show him just getting whooped. I was like, oh
0: my Man. god, like, yeah. yes. Denzel. Was that
2: the
1: Dark? one? Yeah, and he's oh, just yeah. looking. Oh my god. Yeah, gives was, me chills. Just thinking that was about great. That's a good one though. But beautiful
0: acting. Word Amistad. Yeah. Yeah. Man.
2: All right. Let me think. What do you got? Damn, my my, my shit ain't. <laughs> My shit ain't deep like that. Uh, Remember the Titans?
0: No, but it doesn't have to no, <laughs> be deep. <though>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, even anything with
2: black humor. Black yeah. Dynamite. There you go. Hey. Black Dynamite. Yeah, I think that's up. one of the blackest films ever made. Black one of the blackest films right, ever right, right. made. Right, right, right. Uh, super, super black. I mean, it's got like a, a, a cast mm. list is, is long and so talented and right, just incredible. Right. The tropes to, uh, the seventies black exploitation mm-hmm, films are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a poignant fucking commentary on, uh, the black power movement and, right. and, great choice. and just, you know, the time. So, uh, definitely that, but in more recent times, I mentioned, uh, the last black man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I love that film. It's great but um also uh boots riley's newest joint uh, oh say it ain't so no 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 uh, um, uh, sorry to bother you sorry to bother that was you great yeah that sorry w- to bother that's you. like right so there what's, what's his face the La dude Keith, from atlanta La, La uh, yeah, yeah 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 i mean great actor yo and it's fucking communist i fucking love that shit Yo, fucking great, great. great film. so
1: yeah And that's his his directorial debut, Debut too, right?
2: I mean, he's been doing so much work within activism and within hip-hop community. Like, when I was super young, like year 2000, I would go on, like, websites to see the top 50 MCs of the year. And I remember seeing him on the top 10 of this uh, Hip-Hop Infinity website, Boots Mm. Riley, Boots Riley. I'm like, who the fuck Mm. is this? And when I listened to it at first, like, I didn't get it. You know what I mean? But once you kind of hear more of his politics, um, you know, uh, how to kill CEO makes a lot more sense. And how to kill your landlord makes a lot more sense. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, shout out to Boots Riley, man, and The Coup. Mm. But Sorry to Bother You is fucking brilliant. Great film. Fucking
1: brilliant. You seen so it, fun. Alex? Yeah, 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 I saw it. I Word. saw that. Yeah. But,
2: uh, yeah, worry-free, you know what I mean? Just commit your whole life to worry-free. And... Uh, that's that's the uh, organization in the movie that right, people would right. work mm. to and become modern day safe. Get maybe yourself that, a big old maybe, horse. Dick. Is that a is that a parallel to the uh, modern day prison industrial complex? Man, yeah. yep. you know what I mean. That movie is dense. We don't need to go into a right. detail breakdown, mm. but we but know that we can because we are intellectuals here. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just 100 percent facts. Everything we said on this podcast is true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Do your Googles. Do your Googles. Goddamn right. You know what I mean? Straight up Episode and
2: down. number 115. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And then next Tuesday, y'all could tune in to part two. We're going to talk about all music type of shit for that. Probably won't be as long because I think we got to get out of here shortly. But, uh, yeah, uh, why don't you guys tell us where we can find you and, and, and some of that type of thing?
1: Uh, Okay, well, I'm on Instagram, lesteez L-E-S-T-E-Z-E. Hit me up there. And uh, also my YouTube.com slash steve lefeve uh, s-t-e-v-e-l-e-f-e-v-e i'm gonna drop my first documentary it's about uh, guam's endemic birds and how they've been decimated by the brown tree snake that was brought onto guam in the 1940s via military ship hmm. and we we've, we've been fighting to to get them back by controlling the snake population and there's a lot of hope from I filmed it in 2016, and I also i am doing some in 2020 with the progress. And there's huge progress with uh, the Guam's Cocoa Bird, in which it is the second, the second bird in history that has gone from extinction in the wild to endangered behind the California condor. Mm. Represent. So that's huge. So Dope. tune into that documentary when I drop in about a month or something like that.
0: Let us know, know, man. Let us know. Fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. Always. She's all about that. Yeah, I respect that, man. Trying, man, trying. Got to save. Got to save nature. Mm.
2: He wants sovereignty for Guam. You know what I mean? So single-handedly. Yeah. It's a tough fight, but, you know. We have support. some
1: grassroots organizations that are that are fighting to, to make it fair instead of, you know, the military getting whatever they want. The U.S. getting yeah. everything they want. But I, it could happen in my lifetime or at least my kids' what lifetime talking about. to get independent hey, Guam. Yeah.
2: Takes so, a long time for that type of shit to happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's purpose. You know, that's real purpose that I find in life. So we'll the see. The first
2: black union that was organized in 1910s, what is it? The, the uh, Black Sleeping Porters Union? The first black union ever. It took them over 10 years to organize and get that shit off the ground. Mm. And we're talking about a small union of people who are just riding in trains, you know, and taking care of people riding in mm. trains. Mm. So it took them 10 years just to organize that, but it was one of the most important things that happened for black people mm. uh, through the history of the United States of America. And so sometimes organizing takes a long time, bro. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if it's something
1: it. you can do for your life, what else are you gonna do? You know, you're just gonna fuck around, right. talk shit. Learn. You can't just do that all the time. You gotta also have something that that, can... that really speaks to you. So mm. substance. Tell them. Tell them. Ambition. ambition. We need more. more we need adjectives. <laughs> all up in there. Actionable politics.
0: <laughs> Real politique.
2: Tell us where you at, Lex.
0: Hey, you can find me on Instagram, Sage of Stone. It's spelled how it sounds. That's where I put my acting work, my independent stuff, and also just some random stuff. You know, I be gardening and growing pumpkins mm. and shit. So, which is tight as fuck. Pumpkin, fuck with that. I fuck with that heavy. Yeah, Sage of Stone on Instagram. That's all we got right now.
1: No doubt. That's all you need, dog.
0: Hey, in this day and age, man. Word up. I'm telling you, man, that's yeah. enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Snapchat, right.
1: Snapchat, TikTok, fuck all that. Yeah, I don't do any
2: of that shit. Yeah,
1: I don't know what's going on. We got time for all that. We don't, we don't play, dog. We don't play. Just keep it keep it 100.
2: Yo, so this track that we're going to go out to is from Ra-Ra-Raj, who came on the podcast last week. Go check that out. Episode 114. It's called People Are Strange, and we'll be right back. Yo, you saw how it dropped, like, right when I put it down. God is on my side. The universe is on my side. So.